Welcome to the Pascal Ngwe Podcast. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of Alive Bible Church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. Pastor Pascal is an anointed teacher of the Word of God who makes the Bible to come alive. Get ready to be empowered with knowledge that will cause you to rise up and become who God wants you to be. Today's message is... Only believe... neighbor, fear not, only believe. Only believe. Hallelujah. Unlocking the unlimited possibilities of faith. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about faith. I want to take time and teach you on faith this month. I believe some of us Right now, you are full of the spirit. And it's good. The Bible says that Stephen was full of the spirit and full of faith. So I want to move us to the other fullness by God's grace this month. Because some of you, your blessings are overdue. Some of you, your levels are long overdue. The possibilities that God has in store for you are really overdue. And and I believe God, just like uh, the other month, God gave us that freedom from demons. All these series are coming to tackle issues in your life. So make sure that you stay very much connected. Hallelujah. Please take your seat in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to give you seven statements. And I'm going to share something little in this introduction. Number one, God has given each of us a measure of faith. Faith is not something that only a few people have. Faith is not something that only your pastor has. Or a special sister, or your shepherd, or the shepherdess, or you know maybe your father has a lot of faith. That's, it could be true, and I believe it is. But I want you to know that God being the generous God that he is, he has given each one of us a measure of faith. Romans 12 verse 3. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourself by the faith God has given us. Measure yourself by the faith God has given you. That statement is telling that God has, not God will give you, God has given you a measure of faith. Now the good news is that faith can grow and it will grow. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So God, this morning, for you to even be sitting where you are sitting, it takes faith to do that. So don't think you don't have faith. You do. To a certain measure. To a certain measure. It might not be sufficient for certain things you want to get done. 
That's why this series has come. To help you grow and, and develop your faith. But you cannot develop what you don't have. So God always gives first a measure of faith to everybody. He gives you a seed of faith. And you start building from there. He doesn't limit it. You and I limit it. The measure of faith is given to all of us. But we all decide how big the measure will be. Number two. Without faith, we cannot be saved. And that's a proof that you have a measure of faith. For you to even be saved, it takes faith to be saved. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Through faith. And that is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It is by grace that we are saved, meaning it is unmerited. But how does that unmerited thing happen? It happens through faith. You have to believe something. The Bible says that if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you will be saved. So it takes faith to be saved. So if you are saved, definitely you have a measure of faith. Number three, without faith, we cannot please God. And by pleasing God, I would like you to understand it like by moving God. Without faith, you cannot get God to move on your behalf. Without faith, you cannot secure God's help on your behalf. Everybody has something they like. Hebrews 11 verse 6 tells us, and without faith it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You need to believe that you are not worshipping or praying an idol. You are not praying a God who can't hear you. You really need to believe that even if you're not seeing any God around you, even if you're not seeing anything around you, there is a being that is right there with you, that is hearing what you are saying, and that has the capacity to intervene on your behalf. And if you don't have such a belief, the Bible says you cannot please him, therefore you cannot move him. Without faith, we can't move God. God wants to move, but the only thing, you see, your car wants to move good, but your car needs fuel to move. God wants to move, but God needs faith for him to move. It's not that he doesn't want to move. He can move and he will move, but it, he, he needs you to have what he calls faith. When you have that thing, a lot of it, just like when you have a lot of fuel, you can go far. When you have a lot of faith, you and God can go very far. So whoever can teach you about faith is really helping you. Because this is the one thing that will cause God to start moving on your behalf. A lot of people think, if I can just cry, God will be moved. 
And it's true, to some degree, you can move people with your tears. I mean, many of us move our parents with our tears. Different things move people. Some people are moved by lipsticks. Most of the things we do, we do them because they move people. You dress the way you do because it moves somebody. You smile the way you do because it moves somebody. You see, you've tried it and you saw, you saw it moving somebody somewhere and then you realize that it can move somebody. Then that you're using it because somebody moves and you smile like that. Oh my God. And you see, I want to tell you a secret about God. God is not moved by your smile. God is not moved by your tears. God is not moved by your nice dress you just bought last week. Your, your beloved might be moved by all those things I'm mentioning to you. But they don't move God at all. The main thing that moves your God is when you believe he's there. It's when you believe his word. And I'm going to spend the whole month showing you how to engage God and how to move God on your behalf. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Number four. Without faith, we cannot get certain results. You can get a certain number of results without faith. But now, we, I mean, like you can get certain things done even if you don't have faith. Do you get it? But there are certain things you cannot get done if you don't have faith. So there are certain results that until you have faith, you cannot have them. Matthew 17, verse 19 to 20. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could not, why could we not cast it out? Why? What, what, what stood on the way? Do you understand that like, we're trying to get a certain result, but we failed. How many of you have tried to get some results and you couldn't get them? And you went to God and asked, why couldn't I get her to marry me? Why? 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 What happened? Why couldn't I get him to marry me? Why? 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 Listen, when you want to ask this question, ask it privately. You see the disciples privately. This is this is a conversation. This is a very private conversation. I do not recommend you make this conversation publicly. These are private matters that we all have. We all have these private questions of things that didn't match the expectations we had. 
Are you listening to me? And if you are here on earth, you will encounter these wives we are talking about this morning. Why didn't I get that job? Why didn't I get there at the right time? Why wasn't I chosen? You will get those questions. Why are things still like this? After these many trials. Privately, you will ask yourself those questions. Why am I not getting what I'm supposed to get? The Bible says that the expectations of the righteous shall not be cut off. Now, when your expectation is being cut off, something is wrong. Why could we not cast it out? It's a private question to Jesus. I want to tell you something. Jesus is not afraid of your questions. You should be free to ask questions. You, we, we, you see, the religion has trained us to just accept everything. I like the disciples. They did not just accept that reality. They understood that things could, were supposed to have been different here. Why were they not different? Well, I mean, like, we were taught, if you say this, this will happen. And we did it. It didn't happen. There's a reason why it didn't happen. Many times I stood on this stage and I told you certain things that should happen if you do certain things. And maybe you did it and it didn't happen. You shouldn't just say, oh, maybe God didn't want it to happen. You shouldn't just say, oh, I don't think it's for me. You shouldn't just say, oh, I don't think this is my, I don't think, I, I don't think I deserve this. The disciples went back to the person who taught them and they asked, why? Yeah, why, why am I not bearing much fruit? Why am I not bearing even one fruit? After years of, after months of outreach, trying, making calls, visiting, still not one fruit I can call to my name. I'm still as barren as, as, as when I started this day here of bearing much fruit. Don't worry. We are still left with five months. In five months, a lot of good things can happen. And a lot of good things will happen in the name of Jesus. I can feel it, I tell you. So Jesus said to them, you see, Jesus was not angry with the question. Why do you ask such questions? Don't question things here. No, 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 no. Are you questioning my theology? Are you saying I'm not a good teacher? Jesus didn't say. Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. There's a problem with what you believe or what you don't believe. Unbelief means you don't believe something. You understand? Believe means you believe. Un means you don't. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith 
as a master seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. It will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Jesus. What do you mean? You mean nothing. He means to say, he said, nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing that was meant for you will be impossible for you. I like the King James Version. Say, nothing will be impossible for you. Not just nothing will be impossible. I mean, there are certain things that if they are not for you, they will be impossible to you. So nothing will be impossible for you which was meant for you. That whatever was meant for you will not be impossible for you. You will get it. You will get it. Are you with me? Statement number five. Faith is at the basis of Christianity. Christianity itself is called a work of faith. Paul says, I fought the good fight of faith. I finished the race. You know, all like faith and Christianity is one thing. That's why we call Christians believers. Because faith is, is what we is who we are, is what we do. This is the basis, the foundation of Christianity is faith. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and so on and so forth. But you see, what you are adding to your faith, add to your faith. Why? Because faith is the foundation. Everything else is being added on the faith. Everything is added on the faith. Add to your faith. God gave you a measure of faith. Now, take knowledge. Add to that faith. Now, take goodness. Add to that faith. Now, take self-control. Add to that faith. Now, take all these other things. Add to that faith. But at the foundation is faith. We don't add to love. We add to faith. So, faith is the basis of everything you do. Now, let me ask you a question. When you have no faith, and you bring knowledge. You see that? You are adding knowledge on nothing. You are adding goodness on nothing. And this is where a lot of Christians are confused because they know so much but they don't get anything done. Because all the knowledge is added on nothing. What makes things work in God's kingdom is called faith. Even love works through faith. So when when there is no faith basis, whatever you are adding is being just used. It, it, it It doesn't achieve any goal. It's wasted. All your reading is wasted. All your praying is wasted. All your fasting is wasted because it's not done with faith. Faith is not, being, is not being added on faith because only when you add it with faith that God is pleased. When you don't have faith, God is not pleased. No matter what else you have. Did you hear what I just said? 
What I just said is that when you don't have faith, God is not pleased, no matter what else you have. So brothers and sisters, this month, let's go for what pleases God. Let's associate ourselves. You see, learn what pleases your beloved. Jesus is our beloved. As the church, we are his bride. We must study him and find out what are the things he likes. And we focus our attention on those things. And I promise you, you will stop feeling as if God has favorites and you are not one of them. Because you start realizing that God is no respecter of person. You do what he says, you have what he promises. Number six. We walk and live by faith. Hebrews 10.38 Now, the just shall live by faith. But if any man draws back, my soul shall not have pleasure in him. God is repeating himself that if you draw back from the life of faith, his soul will not be pleased with you. The just, or if you prefer, the justified. The justified. We are justified. We are the justified ones. The justified shall live by faith. Being justified is great, but that is not what makes you live. You live by faith. Second Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. Look, all these terminologies, all these scriptures, I'll be coming back on them during the month. That today I'm just introducing you, to, I'm just wanting you to understand the importance of faith in your life and in my life. Lastly, the quality of our lives reveals the size of our faith. The quality of your life reveals the size of your faith. Or shall I say, the size of your faith is revealed by the life you are living. You can never have a life that is in contradiction with what you believe. These signs shall follow those who believe. You see, what, what you believe is, is God's signs all around you. Like The signs of what you believe are all around you. The signs are around you. When you believe something, it is reflected by what you see. So when you don't like what you see around you, you must understand it's not there by mistake. It was brought there by something you believed. I want to repeat myself. The quality of your life is revealed, or the quality of your life reveals the size of your faith. The quality, the quality, the type of life you are living 
whether it's a happy life, a sorrowful life, a great life, a mad life, whatever type of life you are living at the moment is actually a reflection of what you have believed so far or what you have failed to believe so far. It is not necessarily the will of God. (laughs) It is the will of your faith. The will of God most of the time is not what you are living and experiencing. As a matter of fact, we see in the book of Romans 12 verse 2 that the will of God even has three dimensions. The good will, the acceptable will, and the perfect will of God. Don't think everything you are going through is the will of God. No. Some of the stuff you are going through are the results of lack of faith. The same way the disciple could have said, ah, we couldn't cast it out. I think it's the will of God. The will of God was that we shouldn't cast this demon out. Yeah, nobody says this is the will of God that my life should be like this. I think it's the will of God that I should live in poverty. I think it's the will of God that things should be like this in my family. I think it's the will of God that nobody should be married here. I think, I mean, even Pastor usually says that not everybody will get married. I don't think the will of God is that I should be in such things. I don't think the will of God that I should have a job. I think the will of God is that some people will work and I just, I should receive from them. Listen to me. The will of God is in the word of God. And if you saw something in the word of God that does not look like what you are having with you, then your life is in contradiction with the will of God and then you now need to engage faith eh, to activate the realization of the will of God in your life. Otherwise, you'll be surprised. It's no reason, I mean, it's no wonder Satan is called a robber. He can rob things from you. The Bible says the thief came in order to steal, kill, and destroy. What do you think he's stealing? What do you think he's killing? Do you think it's the will of God he must steal, kill, and destroy? No. But if care is not taken, the will of the enemy can prevail. So I want to put you on your guard this morning. You see, Hebrews 2 verse 4 says, Behold the proud, I mean Habakkuk, Habakkuk 2 verse 4 says, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just, you see, I'm giving you the same, but a little precision, the just shall live by his faith, not by faith this time, his faith. Hebrews says, the just shall live by faith. No, is it Hebrews? Yes. Hebrews says, Hebrews 10, 38 says, the just shall live by faith, but Habakkuk says, the just shall live by his faith. And I prefer that version because, you see, the chances are, you are a product of your faith. Not my faith. Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. His faith in God closed the mouth of the lion. 
the next day, another group of people were thrown in the same lions. I'm not saying that a week later. Just, the, just in the morning. The Bible says before they could touch the floor, lions received them in the air. Like a soccer, a, goal, a, goal, a goalkeeper has just jumped to catch the body. They just jumped and caught them in the air. The faithless people full of fear. Are you with me? So you see, your father can, his faith can help you up to some point. But there's a certain dimension where only your faith now is working. Your pastor's faith can push you up to some point. But there are certain battles you need to build your own faith to fight them. And that's the reason why I have come to teach on faith by God's grace this month. Because I want everybody in this church to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. And part of working out your own salvation is building up yourself in your most holy faith. Today's message, title. I choose to only believe. I choose what? To only believe. I choose to only believe. It's a choice. It's a choice. Come with me to the book of Mark 4, 23. We're going to do a bit of long reading, but I'll be interposing it just to share a few things. It's a beautiful story on faith that I'm sure will inspire a couple of us. Maybe some of you will be hearing this for the first time. And it's good you know these stories. It's good you know this teaching because it helps you build your faith. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by the boat, by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him. Now, where is Jesus coming from? Jesus coming from a series of the other week. I mean the last month. Uh, freedom from demons. Jesus had gone to gatherings. He, he healed that man. Now Jesus is coming back. So we are back. The, the same Jesus. We, we, went, we went to the gatherings. <laughs> we went to the gatherings with him. So the people say he must not stay. Okay, he got in the boat. So now he has crossed over again. He's back. Do you understand? <laughs> and as he is coming back, a great multitude gathered to him. And he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came. Jarius by name. His name was Jairus. So Jesus just got back from that trip to Gadara. He's back here. A lot of people are waiting for him. But among those, I believe thousands of people that were waiting for the Lord that day, there was a pastor. Pastor Jarius.
when he saw him, when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be healed and she will live. Are you listening to me? This is a real problem. No matter how much God blesses you, at some point, you will come across a real problem. A problem that your money cannot solve. A problem that nobody in your family can solve. A problem that calls for God. And then you're going to need faith. You see, when, when, you ha- when you are hungry and you have money, you don't really need faith. You just go and buy bread and you eat. When you have money and you're feeling a bit cold, you don't really need faith for warmth. You go and buy blankets and, you know, and you are, you are moving. But as you go, you will encounter certain problems. And those ones don't respond to money. No matter how much money you have. And they don't respond to your position. This is a ruler. He is at the feet of Jesus. There are certain things that will take you at the feet of Jesus. You will forget your dignity. And one of those things is things pertaining to your family, your children. Last month, not June, you know, was it May? May, yeah, May. I showed you a Syrophonian woman who came to the same Jesus. Not for herself. For her daughter. Also, who was demon-possessed. You see, rarely do we find parents like this today. Parents who come to God for their children. Parents who go down before God for their children. Parents are rather going down before the world for their children. Eh? They will work hard to give their children the best toys. But they will not equally work hard at the feet of Jesus for the salvation of their children. For the deliverance of their children. You will not find them. This man is not here for his own sake. He is not here because he is sick. He is not here because something is wrong with him. He is here because of his child. How many children are dying spiritually in homes and parents are helping them die so slowly? Very same parents. No spiritual connection, no spiritual sensitivity, no spiritual discernment of any sort. 
What led this Syrophonian woman to say, my daughter is demon-possessed? Help me. I'm calling on the parents this morning. I'm calling on the parents. Don't just work hard out there. Work hard also at the feet of Jesus. For the sake of your parents, for, for the sake of your children. It is not enough to just pull all the strings outside, but you are not pulling any string at the feet of Jesus. For the sake of these children. Look at Jarius. He doesn't care about the crowd now. He is on his knees for the sake of his daughter. He says, please, come and lay your hand on her. Hmm? I see you praying at night and saying, Jesus, lay your hands on my daughter. Father, lay your hands on my son. Jesus, lay your hands on my children. Touch them. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lay your hands on them. Touch my children. Jairus said, if you touch my children, if you touch my daughter, she will be healed. And he said, and she will live. That was the faith of Jairus. The faith of Jairus. I want you to understand how faith works. It's something you believe. You believe that if this is done, this will happen. Jairus had a faith and a conviction that if Jesus was ever to touch his daughter, his daughter will be healed. And his daughter will live. He didn't say it. Jairus said it. And guess what? The Bible says, and so Jesus went with him. I would like you to understand that it's not just about the fact that Jesus went physically with him. It is, but it's more than that. You know why? Because another guy came to Jesus with a servant that was also sick and about to die. Are you listening? They they call the centurion, the Roman centurion. And he rather said to Jesus, I don't deserve for you to come to my house. Just say a word. And my servant will be healed. And guess what? And Jesus went with that as well. He said, Jesus, they say, Jesus goes with what you come with. If you come and you say, Jesus, I believe that if you touch my child, my child will be healed. He said, okay, I think that's the faith you have. That's the level of your faith. Okay, let me go with that. But if you come to Jesus and you say, Jesus, I believe that you don't even need to come. You can just say a word and my child will be here. You say, wow, I like that as well. Let me give you that. He went with him. Jesus goes with you. If you believe it will take 10 years, he goes with you. If you believe it will take your whole life. Hey. So well. Hey. <laughs> Let's go with it. <laughs> Let's see. 
amazing because I'm telling you, Jesus did not question the faith of this guy. He said, this is what you believe. You believe that if I touch your daughter, she will be healed. I'm going to go with you. And I will touch your daughter and she will be healed. But another guy comes and says, no, don't come. Just say something. He said, ah, I like you as well. Okay, let me just say something. Let your daughter be healed. And I'm saying to you that sometimes you are torturing yourself with something. And it's not that, it's not that that is what Jesus, actually, that is not his best. It's just what you believe. It's, it's what you believe and, and, Jesus, and Jesus will go with it yeah, he will, the Bible says so Jesus went with him <laughs> Jesus is going with you I mean, he just flows with you he flows with you and, and he does not condemn anything you do he, he understands that we don't have the same level of faith in fact about the centurion he said I have not found such faith in the whole of Israel so don't feel bad That's where your faith is. But I just want you to understand that it can grow. That Jesus can meet you right where... Don't you like the fact that Jesus can just come right where you are and start the journey with you from there? I love that about Jesus. He can start with you where you are. You don't need to have the faith of the centurion this morning. Because this man, Jesus didn't say, ah, didn't you hear what the centurion did? You are coming here, Sam. Must come. But what, you, 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 you must, you must copy. You must copy. No. Listen. They say, look. This is what you believe. I'll go with you. Are you blessed? Oh yes. And a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood. For 12 years. You see, we are just, Jarius just secured a deal with Jesus and he secured Jesus to go with him to his house. And Jesus is on the way there. He just flowed with him. But as Jesus is flowing with him to Jarius' house, the Bible now starts talking about another person, a certain woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years. By the way, the account of Jairus in the book of Luke says that his daughter was 12 years too. Isn't that interesting? The daughter of Jairus was 12 years and she was his only daughter, by the way. He only had her. Hmm? And this one is also having an issue of blood for 12 years. It's another revelation. I don't have time to go through that this morning. Now, listen. 12 years. I've told you before, when it's chronic, it's usually demonic. Most of the issues that affect our lives do you understand? Are usually issues that are normal for other people. A woman is supposed to have a flow of blood every month. But it's supposed to just last for a few days. And she should, it's supposed to be fine. But here's a woman 
who's had it one month, two months, three months, four months, five months, one year. What, I mean, every month, every year, 12 years. Jesus. And they don't even, it's no more just called periods, it's called flow. It's, it's a flow, it's a flow. This is not the type of flow. Is this the type of flow you want in your life? This type of flow. This is not. This is not a good flow. Look, this is not a good flow to to be desiring. I tell you, this 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 was something else. Twelve months of flow, continuous. So I told you before. When it is chronic, it's usually demonic. Something that comes and doesn't want to go away, it's there. It's normal on other people, it comes and it leaves them. But for you, it came and it, never, it doesn't want to go away. Something is wrong with it. Then the Bible says, and she had suffered many things for many physicians. You think about it. I've got a flow of blood. I go to a physician to be healed. I'm rather suffering. You'll be surprised. Most of us, or most of the people that try to find help from doctors, they suffer more in the hands of the doctor than the actual thing that got them there in the first place. It's true. The injections, it's part of the suffering. Every time you come, they have to inject you. Do you think it's a good feeling to be injected all the time, every time you are coming? And sometimes they inject three, four times. In the same day. It's a suffering. Then the pills you have to swallow. Another suffering. They drip. They put a drip in your hand. The hand has to stay in a certain position. Eh? For the whole night. The beds, the hospital beds, they are not like the beds you are having there in your house. Now forget it. And they are even okay. I mean, if you go to the shrine, the, you know the Sangoma shrine, I don't know if they even have hospital. You just lie, lie there. Mosquitoes, everything. Like, you, are, you are in another form of suffering. You are trying to find a solution, but you, are, you have entered another form of suffering already. The type of drink, the concoction you have to drink. <laughs> you are asking yourself, am I being helped or am I being dishelped? You drink concoction, they inject this side. I mean, when this coronavirus came around, they put pipes in your nose and they push inside. And you are asking yourself, is this help or what is going on here? What is going on here? She suffered many things from many physicians. So she come to this one, he, he deals with her. She goes there, is the pills. That side is the bed. That side is the drip. That side, I, I mean. May God deliver you from all kinds of suffering in the name of Jesus. 
Suffer many things from many physicians. You are already suffering, but physicians that are supposed to relieve the suffering are increasing it. This is what she was going through. Do I introduce the second person? The Bible says, and she had spent all she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. All the money is finished, but the sickness has increased more. I'm telling you, my brothers and my sisters, at some stage in your life, you will come across something. I pray you don't come across it. But if you do, remember what I'm teaching you that it, it does not call for money anymore. Any money there is wasted. Any consultation there is wasted. There is a time money is needed. You should do it. I mean, whatever you can do it. But at some point you'll find that when something doesn't want to go away and you'll spend a lot of money on it already, it's a sign sometimes. This one does not need money. It needs faith. That's when you're not, you now need to go back to cast box and find a series entitled Belief Only. Only Belief. Only Belief. And those are the words of Jesus, which you're going to find now. Only Belief. Those are not my words. I just picked the words of my Savior, and I'm using them for this series. Listen. She rather grew worse. But the Bible says, when she heard about Jesus, very important information, she heard something. She heard something. You're going to learn more about that in, in this series. She heard about Jesus. She came behind another thing. She heard, and now she's taking action. You see, she, the, the, everything about faith is there. You can learn it. She heard. She came behind him in the crowd and touch his garment. For she said, if I only, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. So, she heard, she came, she touched, she said. Things this woman did. It's just, oh, she touched the hem and she was healed. No, she didn't just touch the hem and she was healed. First of all, she heard about Jesus. In the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was God. Jesus is the word. She heard Jesus. She heard the word. The Bible said, faith comes by hearing. She heard. She heard. She heard. Faith comes by hearing. And she heard the word. And with that faith, with that action is dead. After she heard, the Bible says, she came. See, action. Everything about faith is right here. I can even end the series here today. And the Bible says, she said. And, and I think it's Paul who said that, um, what he said, I think he said, what we believe, we also speak. Before I believe, therefore I speak. Yeah. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God is from the dead, you shall be saved. Jesus said that if you say to this mountain, be thou removed, and you do not die in your heart, but believe that those things which you say shall come to pass, you shall have what you say. She said. 
This woman applied all the principle of faith in two, two verses. And she got the result. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. The Bible doesn't call it an affliction. When something is an affliction, somebody is inflicting it. Affliction is some, you are being afflicted. Brothers and sisters, when something doesn't want to go away, start binding some spirits. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Jesus felt power leaving him. Do you know when you really engage faith, God sends power is coming. And this is also a good, a good, a good lesson for preachers to know your power finish, your power goes out. Jesus felt power coming out of him because the power doesn't always stay inside. As we are engaging, as people are coming for it, it's being taken. By the time I finish this message, power would have left me. But God renews my strength in the name of Jesus. Who touched me, he said. And he looked around to see. No, no. But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Hallelujah. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has brought your job. Your faith has brought your your breakthrough. Your faith has brought your promotion. Your faith, your faith, your faith. Daughter, your faith. You heard a message. You took some steps. You made some confession. The results are there. And while he was still speaking, some came from the rulers of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Do you understand? While Jesus is going to, to Jairus' house, this woman comes from nowhere, steals the show. Now, Jesus is dealing with her. As Jesus is dealing with her, time is going. And before Jesus can continue his journey, people come from Jairus' house and they say to him, Please, your daughter is dead. So, Jesus doesn't have to come to your house anymore. It's over. What do you do? When that report comes, and it's not what you expected, you expected your daughter to leave. You went out of your way. You got Jesus on your side. But the report still came negative. What do you do? Your daughter is dead. 
why trouble the teacher any further? It's like they're saying, why, why are you still praying? What's the need? Satan will say to you, what's the use? It's over. What's the point? The very thing you didn't want to happen has happened. So, you might as well call it off. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, meaning when Jesus heard them say, your daughter is dead. Jairus was then found and he didn't know what to do. But as soon as Jesus heard those words, your daughter is dead. He said to Jairus, do not be afraid. Only Do not be afraid. I know you heard the report. But you've got something going already. You activated something already in the spirit. It's called faith. It's emotion. It is limitless. It can create what does not exist. You just need to get it going. But the thing that has come can cut it. It is not that your daughter is that your daughter has no problem. Your whole the whole destiny of your daughter is depending on what you're gonna do. If you take the road of fear now, your daughter will die indeed. She will really die. But if you continue believing. If you continue believing, if you continue believing, even though you are hearing she's dead, that you continue believing that what you said, if you lay your hands on her, she will be well and she will live. That's what you said. And that's what got me on this journey. I'm on this journey already with you. Don't stop believing that. Are you listening to me this morning? Oh, don't stop believing what you started believing. There's something that got you on the way. Now, on the way, another news came. And usually when that news comes, it comes to discourage you. It comes to get you off the walk of faith. And that is where you are determining the outcome of your fight. With those reports. These reports have killed so many faith people. The spies couldn't enter the land because of bad reports. Many of us have canceled everything just simply because somebody said, no, it's not going to work. And you pull out. Yet when you started, you were believing it's going to work. You were believing it will happen. But because of one bad report that came, Jesus is saying to you this morning, Fear not, only believe. Fear not, only believe. Fear not, only believe. And that is going to be our theme for the month. Fear not, only believe. Fear not, only believe. It 
It is important that you only believe, that you don't mix your belief with fear. It is important that the only thing that is moving is the faith currency, not the fear current. It is very important. Because whichever one takes core over has the capacity to destroy your dream. Fear not. Only believe. Fear not. Only believe. And I'm glad to tell you that Jairus didn't fear. And I think it was easy for him because Jesus was there with him. But for you and I, it's not that easy. <laughs> Because you don't see Jesus. But he said, blessed are those who not having seen the belief. They still believe. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to stop here for this morning. I'm trusting the Lord to take you to higher dimensions next week Sunday. And you will you will you will rise in your faith. And you will realize it is possible. Maybe you drop the ball too early, too quickly. And that could be because you don't know yet much about faith. We're going to learn about faith. We're going to learn about this subject because it's very important for your life. Everything God will do for you will require faith. I'm sure you need to know, you need to learn how to build faith, how to increase faith. And you'll be surprised to realize that maybe you don't have enough faith yet for some of the things you want to see happen. Or you even had faith, but one bad report came. Not even for, to you directly, to somebody near you. You saw what it did to them. You say, hey, if this is, if this is the, no, 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 no. I think, I think I'm, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. No, 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 no. Tell your neighbor, fear not. Only believe. Only believe. Only believe. Only believe. Please stand on your feet and just start praying like the son, the father who says to Jesus, come to my rest. Come, help me of, 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 of my unbelief. That I don't want to be an unbeliever. I want to be a believer. But most of my actions and decisions and words are unbelieving. Come on, pray this morning and say, Lord, Come to the rescue of your servant. I am an unbeliever this morning. But I want to become a believer again. I am totally controlled by fear. Even the poem this morning came to remind us, don't fear. Believe. Are you praying wherever you are? Come on, begin to talk to God this morning. Father, help me believe. Father, take me to the journey of faith again this month. I want to start believing again. I am a believer. I will believe the best from the people. I will believe the best in my ministry. I will believe you are with me, not against me. I will believe that your goodness and your mercy shall accompany me all the days of my life. Oh, We believe, therefore we speak. A believer cannot be quiet. Believers that don't speak are doubters. You have to be a real believer speaks. He speaks what they believe because faith comes by hearing. I mean, and when you receive the hearing, you have to speak it. 
Let the spirit of faith, let the spirit of faith begin to enter into this ministry. Let the spirit of faith begin to enter into this ministry. The faith that caused many to close, to shut the mouth of lions. Oh, Jesus, let faith arise in this ministry. Let faith arise in this ministry. Get us out of superstition. Get us out of fear. Get us out of doubt. Get us out of shame. And help us, Lord, to move into faith. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. What happens when you stop believing only? Everything changes. Everything changes. You will be surprised. As soon as you stop believing, everything changes. No matter how well you were doing, believing, the moment you stop believing, it changes. It changes. As I close, Matthew 14, 25 to 31. At about 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! It's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once, Don't be afraid! Don't be afraid! So you see, when they saw Jesus, I mean, they saw, you, you, know, you can see a move of God and you are afraid of it. You can actually see something God is doing and it scares you. And this is what causes people to fight God most of the time. Because they can't believe this is God. So this thing, it brought an atmosphere of fear. Among them, and they started panicking. Praise God. Jesus says, I want, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Faith comes by hearing. Peter had enough sense. I can't just jump in the water. He has to speak first. Tell me to come. Don't just do things because you feel like doing them. This is the cause of most of our failures. Did God say you should do it? You see, only when God told you to do it, only when you saw it in the word, do you have the power to do it. Peter understood God has to speak first. Faith comes by hearing. I must hear God first. I must hear God first before I start this thing. Before I start this thing. Tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat 
and walked on water towards Jesus. Please understand it is recorded in scriptures. Peter did walk on water. He did. It is not that as soon as he jumped off the boat, he started sinking. No. Because the master said, come. He believed that word. And immediately he took action. And he started, you see, you're going to learn how faith works this month. You're going to learn. There are certain things that must be in place. Everywhere you see faith working, those principles are always there. All of them are always there. He started working on water. So the principle of faith was activated. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, you see, outside influence are now coming. Your daughter is dead. That wave, that news. Waves are news. Waves, reports, things. You hear this. Are you sure it's going to work? Mm, you look even more signal that you're taking that medication. Mm, you look more signal that you stop taking the medication. You're not trying to you're you're going to pray. Mm, you look, you know, it looks like things are not going to work out for you. Eh? I mean, it looks like, you know, did, did you hear what they say? No, they say that people of your age, they cannot get the job. News are coming. The waves are raging around you. And the Bible says, Peter was terrified. And guess what started happening immediately? He began to sink. I'm saying, as soon as you shift from believing only to doubting a little bit, it changes the whole parameters. It's not that Peter kept doubting, but he was still working on water. As soon as Peter started doubting what God told him to do, when God said, come, and he started coming, and he started doubting. The moment that entered his heart, his actions and his environment and his circumstances immediately reflected his faith or the lack thereof. Immediately, he started sinking. And I told you, your life is a reflection of your beliefs. He started sinking. Save me, Lord! He shouted. Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. And Jesus asked him a question I want you to leave you with tonight, today. Why did you doubt me? That's the question I ask him. Why did you doubt me? But you know, Peter never said, Jesus, I doubt it. I doubt it. I cannot do it. I doubt. No. He didn't have to say it. Yet Jesus says, why did you doubt me? Why did you doubt me? Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt that I could make you walk on water? Why did you doubt me? And I want to ask you the same question this morning. Why did you doubt Jesus? Why do you doubt him? Maybe one of the reasons why you're doubting him because you don't have enough seed of faith in here yet. Please do yourself a favor. Take yourself to this series, this whole month. 
take your spirit, take, take your spirit man to faith. And God will help you. And if you feel like you are sinking, don't sink until you drown in, in pride. Do what Jesus uh, Peter did. Lord save me. Lord save me. Many believers will die drowning in pride. You don't want to admit you made a mistake. Lord save me. Lord save me. As I close, Jesus took a man to hell and he showed him people burning in hell, screaming, crying. You know what Jesus told this man? I've never forgotten that statement. Jesus said to the man, you see all those people crying in hell? None of them ever asked me for help. None of them. When they were alive, none of them ever asked me for help. Even in hell, they're not asking for help. It's amazing. It's amazing. Lord, save me. This morning, that could be your prayer. Lord, I'm drowning. Save me. Save me. He's still saving. He's called the Savior of the world. And you are in the world. You are part of the world. Jesus was already a disciple of Jesus when he's asking for salvation. There are different levels of salvation. Lord, save me. I'm drowning in death. Lord, save me. I'm drowning in addictions. Lord, save me. I'm drowning in doubts. Lord, save me. I'm drowning in this. I'm drowning in that. Lord, save me. Save me. I'm stuck in this thing. I was just in the boat now, but I'm sinking now. I tried to do something, but it didn't work. And I don't want to admit I made a mistake. I'm just sinking and sinking and sinking. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. Lift your hands wherever you are. And pray that prayer from the bottom of your heart this morning. Lord, save me. That prayer of Peter is a prayer for all of us. Not just the sinner's prayer. Is a prayer for somebody like you this morning that could humble yourself and say, Lord, I made a mistake. I'm not sinking. And in my, in my own mistakes and my own errors, save me, Jesus. Save me, Jesus. Lord, save me this morning. Lord, restore my life. Lord, help me. Oh, my Save, Lord. Heal, Lord. Restore, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, save me. Lord, help me. Lord, I stretch my hands to you and I'm asking for your help. I believe you can help me this morning. Lord, help me. I'm sinking deeper every night. I'm sinking deeper every day. Lord, save me from this. In Jesus' precious name, we have given thanks. Right where you are, some of you, the saving you need is the saving of your soul. 
That's the saving you need this morning. You are saying, Pastor, I need Jesus to save my soul. The Bible says, what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Lord, save my soul this morning. Lord, I don't want to die and go to hell. I want to be in heaven. If that is you, you are saying, Lord, I need you to save me. I'm going to pray with you right now. At the count of three, you are saying, Pastor, I want to be born again. I want my sins forgiven. I need Jesus in my life. I want to pray for you quickly before I close. The count of three, raise your hand. Let us pray. One, two, three, raise your hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless all of you. You can take your hands down. Now, if you're already born again, but this morning you just feel the need to recommit yourself to Jesus. I also want to pray for you. At the count of three, you can also raise your hand. Pastor will pray for you. One, two, three. Raise your right hand. God bless you. I want to recommit my life. I want you to recommit my life to Jesus. What a blessing. What a blessing. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. Please forgive my sins. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me. On the third day you rose again. That I might be justified. Right now, I believe my sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I am free from the power of sin to serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for restoring me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Remember to subscribe to receive our latest service notifications and to share the link. You can also watch our pastor, Pastor Pascal, live on our Facebook page, Alive Bible Church HQ, or on our YouTube channel, Alive Bible Church SA. Remember, you are alive to give life. Can I